1: I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh yeah, it's business time.
2: Of it. that's foreplay. Foreplay is very important,
1: A I'm black talking all things financial, financial, money investing, investing and more. Foreplay, but it's still very important. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen, chief economist with Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen?
2: Oh, pretty good of yourself.
1: I'm good, good. Uh, things seem to, be, seem to be getting along, if you know what I'm saying, um, <laughs> <clears throat> which I'm thrilled with. Um, economically speaking, we're all waiting for Fed Chairman Janet Yellen in the chat. Uh, anything, any surprises that you think come?
2: I, I don't think so. You know, I think everyone's caught up on. You know, will they take away the um, considerable time wording from the from the statement? Uh, you know, I think the. You know, I think the consensus is that they'll take that away, and if they don't, I think that it might be a little bit more of a of a dovish statement than the consensus expects. I'm But in the whole scheme of things, I think the language is pretty much a, a moot point. I think that you know we've heard from Janet uh, many, many times that the Fed's data dependent. I think they're going to just stay along that story. And, and now instead of you know con, you know talking about the slack in the labor market, I think they'll continue and just talk about the slack in the uh, inflation sector. You know the fact that prices are growing below uh, Fed target levels would you know, give ammunition for the Fed to continue on its current path of low rates, and I think that uh, that's what the emphasis is going to be.
1: The plunge in oil has to be a pretty shocking economic development as far as uh, the ramifications. Just It was pretty fast. I mean, it's been a pretty crazy two weeks. Any thoughts from the economist's standpoint on what we can expect to play out? Well,
2: I mean, generally what we say is that a $20 drop in oil in a year would produce a quarter percentage point gain in economic growth. So if we stay at these rates uh, next year, you know, and we'll average about $40, $50 below where we were in 2014, you would expect that GDP, just based on uh, the improvements in oil – would add a half percentage point to GDP growth, and, and that's significant. I mean, we're talking about going from, you know, 25 to 3% or even 3% to 3.5%. Uh, it would do a lot for consumption gains. It would do a lot for uh, improvements in the trade deficit. The negative takeaways, you know, mostly fall on the oil sector, you know, in the, in the fracking industry and mining And we wouldn't really see that impact until 2016 because the lackluster – well, I guess the drop in oil, what it does is it makes the investments more expensive and not lucrative. So you have a pullback in investment, and the lack of production from pullback in investment usually takes about a year.
1: Any other economic news out there that you think we should be focusing in on? Anything a good sign, bad sign?
2: I'm, yeah, I'm still going back to that November employment report, and we had you know a real nice gain in income. It was you know, according to the data, it was about a 0.9 percent increase in earnings. You know, I I said last week that I thought it was going to translate into uh, an above consensus uh, retail sales gain, which is what happened. You know, if we still keep these income gains, you know, moving at that type of pace, we'll have you know, fairly good uh, consumption growth going ahead, and one of the areas that you could start to see, uh, you know, more normalizing of economic gains, you know, would be for the inflation rate to pick up. And you know, if you have income gains at you know 0.91% for an extended period of time, it's hard to believe that you wouldn't see some demand pull inflationary pressures, as companies will be more willing to uh, pass on some of the higher prices in, in its core. Uh, material goods that they haven't passed on over the past few years because uh, income growth just wouldn't let these companies to do so. So you might see a little bit better profit margins and the like and I think that overall we could start seeing a more generalized acceleration in economic growth. So uh, you know, I, I know one month data is really not what you want to focus on in terms of outlying an entire year's worth of uh, economic trends but you know, I was really happy with that number, and especially since we've been seeing uh, very few layoffs with the initial claims level, you know, holding well below three hundred thousand. You know, it seems that the situation is improving, and, and workers are going to be able to demand more wages, and, and things are going to get materially better.
1: Interesting. Um, how about the ruble? Have you done any work on? We had a plunging dollar here in the United States, not so much, but a weak dollar for many, 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 many years. Any angle on the ruble that you want to throw out?
2: I mean, you're talking different. Um, When you say we've had a weak dollar, you can't compare the weakness in the U.S. dollar to the... Uh, plunge in the ruble that we've seen over the last, you know, couple weeks. Realistically, it's going to put more of a geopolitical concern than an economic concern on the U.S. You know, what will Russia do? What will the internal factions of Russia do if their income levels and their ability to purchase deteriorate so quickly and buy so much? Uh, In terms of trade with the U.S., it's got a minimal effect. You'll have more of an effect on countries like Germany that have a much higher uh, interconnected trade relations. Um, but you know, realistically, on, on our side, it's more of is what is Putin going to do if he wants to stay in power? Is he going to have to you know drop some more nationalistic you know pride by doing more you know interventions in Ukraine or, or other? Uh, satellite countries, and that's the concern that I have. Uh, economically, it, you know, it's bad for the citizens of that country because of how fast it happened, but um, it has no impact or very little impact, I should say, on the U.S.
1: Any um, issues tied towards manufacturing? Do you want to bring up? I've heard some recent reports that. Eh, the manufacturing in the United States isn't all that it's being cracked up to be in the media that it's actually weaker than the media port, uh, portends it to be.,
2: now, I think the sector is doing fine. I mean we've okay. had uh, you know pretty good gains in terms of uh, orders demand and um, the business capital side. We've had uh, decent production numbers i mean my my biggest concern with the manufacturing sector is that we're seeing a lot of orders come in that aren't being fulfilled so the backlogs are being uh, maintained at elevated rates which seems kind of strange considering that there's still enough capacity that you could build out of that so I don't know if manufacturers are not producing these orders because they're afraid they're going to be cancelled in the near future and they don't want to get stuck with uh, with inventory that cannot be sold or if there's some kind of Constraint, be it a um, capital or labor constraint, that is preventing uh, these businesses from manufacturing these goods, and it's just not showing up in the capitalization numbers. So maybe the the total capacity levels are being, uh, you know, inflated. There, there, you know, some of the deterioration of equipment that maybe not has been uh, replaced since the Great Recession is still showing up as as good. You know equipment could be uh, causing a problem in that and uh, I'm concerned and wondering why over the last few years we just haven't seen the uh, the reduction of these um, unfilled inventories.
1: Thanks very much is there anything else you want to chime in on?
2: Uh, I mean today we're going to find out what uh, Janet Yellen's thinking is if she gets rid of the language so be it I don't think it's going to change any of the expectations of the first rate hike taking place sometime next year uh, and unless inflation um, picks up, it actually could wait until 2016. Thanks very much. That's Dr.
1: Jeff Rosen with Briefing.com. You can use Briefing.com as a trusted, reliable source of information on everything from the economy to the stock market to individual stocks to value. There is so much there for you to take a look at. You can go to Briefing.com to learn just a little bit more. Uh, There's different tiers of subscriptions as well. You can find out more about me by going to robblack.com. I've got a YouTube page, Rob Black Show. I've got a Twitter account, Rob Black Show. And I've got an email account, rob at robblackshow.com. So that's that. Taking a look at the markets today, we have... hmm, We have... A better day than yesterday. Um, yesterday ended with a very sour note. It was being really pushed around by oil and Russia. What was going on? What was being said? What was the reactions? The ten year treasury, you know, it's it's at low levels. Again, I say this almost too repetitively, but ten year treasury at two point oh nine percent. It tells me to buy stocks because bonds aren't going to be the answer. And I do think there's going to be some calamity high-yielding bonds, i.e. junk bonds, as oil prices are heavily leveraged into a lot of high-yield bond funds. Um, so I think there's going to be some failures there, to say the least. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Um, a rumor has caused a rally that Bill Ackman was taking a stake in McDonald's and pushing the fast food giant to spin properties off in a tax-efficient real estate investment trust? Just a rumor. Bill Ackman's had a pretty good year. If he is targeting McDonald's, it would be the first time. In 2005, he took a stake in the company and realized hefty gains before he exited in 2007. Ackman's a pretty smart guy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com.